It's the question that drives us. What is the podcast matrix? Get your entire podcast library hosted at the podcast matrix. What is the podcast matrix.com? When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. The tales of the father often become fails of the father. Our hero, Ryan Dalian, hasn't had the best relationship with his father. But inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, we're given a chance to learn more about Ryan, his father, their relationship, and how a cursed object, a devil's headed pipe, brings them together, only to eventually separate them forever. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 1, Episode 24, Pipe Dream. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, it's good to see you again. Some quick housekeeping. The St. Louis Podcasters Meetup. I know those of you listening who either have your own podcast or like listening to podcasts are wondering why you care at all about the St. Louis Podcasters Meetup. But the fact is that those of you that listen regularly often will have a chance to connect with all of us here in St. Louis because the next St. Louis Podcasters Meetup is actually a virtual meetup, meaning that anybody that has either a cell phone, a laptop, a desktop, or any of the Zoom-compatible operational software can jump in and participate in the next St. Louis Podcasters Meetup focusing on how to identify or remove monkey wrenches and sabotage in your podcast game. Nick and I have been podcasting long enough, and again, I love that I get nods from Nick as I'm reading off stuff, but we all know that there are monkey wrenches and, more often than not, self-sabotage inside of the podcast industry and game. And so what our next episode of the St. Louis Podcasters Meetup that will be virtual is going to focus on is exactly that, how to not only recognize what are the problems, but then some great solutions that will help everybody, again, whether you're a new podcaster or someone that's been in the game a long time, how to recognize them and then how to eliminate those things before they ever even happen. Be sure to check out more details about that, including what I think will be a recording of that podcaster meetup over at stlpodcasters.com. The Podcaster Matrix. Ah, time to hail the all-important, all-valued 
podcaster matrix. For those of you that are looking for either podcast hosting for your entire podcast library, rather than just maybe 10 or 12 different programs because of size limitations with other hosts, be sure to check out the podcaster matrix over at podcastermatrix.com where you can find all kinds of hosting deals, information, and more insight that'll help you become a better podcaster. Again, that's podcastermatrix.com. Nick, there's so much detail inside this episode. We've got to get to the retelling yes. for this episode. Let's do it. Season 1, episode 24. Pipe Dream. The board meeting ends, and an older member contemplates his thoughts. And as he does so, he pulls a handsome pipe from his pocket. He prepares the giant demon-headed pipe for a good hearty smoke. Smoking's bad for you, just to let you know. Agreed. I used to be a smoker. I stopped. I'm glad I did. I'm so happy that you'll be around for a lot longer. That's oh, and right. by the way, thank you for not bringing the devil-headed pipe to kill me. That, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. As he prepares the devilish pipe, he shares with a younger man still in the room that he is a conduit looking for young talent who can come up with really great ideas for the future so that he can help. He's a man behind the scenes and wants to connect all of it to money. He convinces the young man that he's working on something big, but that he hasn't shown it to anybody yet. The discussion commences. The younger man shows the older man with the pipe a project that he is working on. It's a laser-guided targeting system for an explosive round. It hasn't been shown to anybody yet, and the discussion commences. It's very high-tech, even for the 80s, Mike. It's super high-tech and powered by a highly compressed gas. It's stupendous, to be sure. Well, it sounds like it's time for a partnership. And the older man ignites a pipe, and an orangey smoke envelops the younger man, and he's overtaken and is then covered with smoky garlic mashed potatoey death and then fades into nothingness. And now the plans for the laser-guided kick-ass system belong to the older man, which he now takes. That's intellectual property theft, Mike. Intellectual property theft most foul to be sure, Nick. Fast forward to the older man presenting the guidance system that is an impressive sample to a gentleman. And as of today, he's now on the payroll and will be the manufacturing centerpiece for this giant company. It's just the beginning. A giant bouquet of flowers arrives for a lady watching television. Behind the flowers is the older man who is congratulating his soon-to-be wife for the changes that are about to happen in their lives. She is about to get a giant step up because the deals are a-happening. Meanwhile, back at the Curious Goods Antique Shop, Jack's sleeping. Again, off-screen. Mickey's got a short skirt on and, hey, Ryan's got mail. It's an invitation to Ryan's dad's most recent wedding. He doesn't care. The two of them haven't talked in years and don't have a viable relationship. Mickey tries to convince him to make peace and stop letting his father rule him by participating with his dad. It's a vacation, a short drive away, and why don't we go? Fine, it's a cousinly date, and so now they're both going. They arrive at a reasonably posh duplex. You know, for all the posh duplexes that there are. Where they meet... The same man that lit the pipe for the younger man not too long ago. It's Ryan's father. 
but Ryan's father didn't send the invite. <gasps> the soon-to-be wife sent the invite. It's time for everybody to bury the hatchet. All depends on where you're going to bury that hatchet, though, Mike. Totally agreed. The soon-to-be Ryan's mom tells Mickey and Ryan about the good fortune at the factory. Time for a tour. Mickey chooses to stay behind and help with the housework and slave labor as Ryan and Pops head for the factory. Pops tells Ryan about the laser-guided system, etc., 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 etc. It's game time for the demonstration that's coming up. And as they continue, Pops gets to the part where he and old Uncle Lewis were apparently really close. There was a part where they became really, really close. And then magically, overnight, Uncle Lewis became rich. If Uncle Lewis can become rich, then he can too. Ryan's shoulders slump as he knows that another storytelling plot point is about to drop. Speaking of dropping, Mickey drops an old box of photos of Ryan and his Uncle Lewis. <gasps> More anticipation builds. Pops continues the tour and gets to tomorrow's sample item. Kapow! 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 It works perfectly, and Ryan can't believe that his Pops came up with it. With tomorrow's demonstration, this will make Ryan's dad a rich man. Ryan's given a chance to try the weapon, but denies it. Ryan's going nowhere, thinks his dad. Just like Uncle Lewis, who did the deal with the devil. Pops is aghast at the notion, but wait! Co-worker York, the man with the endless forehead, needs to see Ryan's pop in his office immediately. York's needs are simple. Pops needs to sign this piece of paper, giving all rights, credit, and responsibilities to York. Oh my gosh, he's found out that the kick-ass laser-guided targeting system and weapon is stolen technology. It's a stolen intellectual property. The jig is possibly up now, Mike. It's definitively up. Time to sign and walk away, says York. By the way, here's someone I'd like you to meet. It's the brother of the man that made this weapon. Oh my goodness, his brother's apparently disappeared and needs to be found. Oh my! Pops realizes that it's not time to sign the paper, but instead, it's time for a good old smoke in the hallway. York witnesses Pops lighting up the pipe and sees the strange orange smoke emitting and then rushing towards him. And he hauls ass! He sees the orange smoke heading his way and continues to run. Unfortunately, a locked door stops his progress and the smoke catches up with him and kills him. He too disappears in a smoky, garlic mashed, potatoy, smoky death. Unfortunately, Mickey witnessed some of the orangey, mashed, potatoy, fiery death. She runs to get Ryan and tells him all about it, but they both go to look and there's nothing there. Pops returns to his office and locks away the pipe of smoky mashed potato death in a drawer. Later, back at the house, Mickey and Ryan have a conversation about the past, the current, and the future. A future where someone finds, quote, the next big score. They start talking about the smoky smashed potato-y death, a pipe that no one has ever seen, and Ryan's denying that his father could possibly be using a cursed item, in particular, a cursed pipe. Pops is sharing his loud frustrations with his soon-to-be wife, and she begins to cry. Pops has changed, but everything will be fine tomorrow after the demonstration. Oh, well then everything's fine. How about hugs all around? Never mind. Tensions are high, Mike. Tensions are definitively high, but why wouldn't they be because of smoky garlic mashed potato death? 
Late at night, Mickey picks up an old telephone receiver and calls Jack Marshak, man of action. She shares that there's a problem and asks about a pipe. Hmm. The plot thickens like fiery mashed potato death. The next day, five hours before the wedding, we find Pops who approaches Mickey who is looking for napkins. Hmm. Good save, good save. She clearly is looking for the pipe. The doorbell rings and, hey, it's Jack. Jack Marshak, man of action. Jack meets Pops and guess what? An 18th century pipe is on the manifest. Time to find the pipe, but we'll keep Ryan out of the mix until the two of them are sure. In an angry rage moment looking for his office keys, Pops realizes that Jack and Mickey have taken the keys and headed to the office. No way. Yes way. Pops heads for the demonstration. Pops gets the pipe from the desk and whoo! Look, there's Jack and Mickey hiding behind nothing in particular at all, and they accost him and take the pipe. Mickey runs away with the pipe. Jack and Pops get into some kick-ass old man fighting match that ends with a bzzzt taser. It's a very shocking development to be sure. Jack is out for the count and is put behind one soon-to-be-smoking targets in the demonstration range. The demonstration is about to begin. The first of three targets, kaboom! The soon-to-be wife arrives and kaboom goes the second target. Pops unfortunately gets the drop on Mickey and secures the pipe. Ryan sees Jack's arm moving downrange and stops the demonstration and saves Jack's life. Jack shares that Ryan's pop has been using the pipe and that Mickey is in danger. Pop strikes up a big old f***ing smoke and plots to kill Mickey from behind the door. She tapes off the door to prevent all the smoky mashed potatoey death from coming in to get her, but it doesn't quite work. Some of the smoke gets in and she begins to cough, like people in peril cough. It's a terrible cough. Have you got a lozenge, Nick? The smoke gets in, but Orion arrives and takes the pipe. He then gets in the way of the smoke somehow and is beginning to be overtaken by the smoky mashed potatoey death smoke. Then Ryan's pop pushes Ryan aside and takes the next session of smoky mashed potatoey death, sacrificing himself for Ryan's benefit. Then he too disappears into nothingness. Pops is gone. Mickey is turning away wedding guests. Soon-to-be mom is taking the factory who's calling to tell her that Pops is missing and apparently will never be coming back, ever, because that's the way it shall be. Ryan is crushed by the event and can't understand it all. Jack provides detail about the narrow ledge of an old proud man that hits home incredibly. Underneath the tears, the sad memory, and the post-smoky mashed potatoey death, the item has been... Recovered! There's always something good inside of each episode of Friday the 13th, the series. It's time to talk about what's good. Huge character development. Nick and I love it when we get even just nuggets of character development for, in particular, our main three heroes inside of the program. We also love it when we get 
little specks of detail for the characters that are just showcased inside of the program. Right. Well, it makes them a little bit more well-rounded. Without qu- well, it makes it it makes it more immediate. It gives you something well, yeah. to chew on as you watch. And I love it. I don't want a flat character yeah. with a with a cursed object. I'm not going to care about this character. Right. Yeah. Right. It's great to get such chewy pieces of meat inside of this, and in this one, it comes in spades. In addition to tying through that, this is not just a character with a cursed item. This is a relative with a cursed item yeah. that has this wonderful back history that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't sound like much, but the picture that's painted is really robust. I, I really enjoy that we can take that and then springboard all of what happens inside of this episode off of that very short picture that Ryan's able to give about his father and the history between the two. Well, it even goes uh, beyond that earlier in the episode. I mean, the very beginning of the episode mm-hmm. when Ray is approaching the the designer of the weapon system. You know, he pulls out the pipe. Hey, mind if I mind if I get a light off of you? And it's it's just simply a way to start a conversation mm-hmm. with this guy. Yeah. And of course, you know, oh wow, that's an interesting pipe. Must be a conversation starter. Oh well, it's an old present from an uncle. There's little breadcrumbs dropped at the beginning to go. Oh, uh-huh, an uncle. So you start to wonder, it's like, hmm, where did he get this? And when he uses the pipe, he even says, I've had it forever, and I've never even smoked out of it. Mm-hmm. So he smokes out of it for the first time and ends up killing the designer. Mm-hmm. So it's an accident. I mean, that right there, that's an accident. He then steals the plans, of course. It's like, oh, shit, okay, I'm taking these, and I'm stepping out the back door. Paints the character as, wow, okay, not necessarily maybe a murderer, but you're not a good guy. You're definitely not a good yeah. guy because you're stealing and, something that doesn't belong and, and to you. I, I'm glad that you're recognizing, because I don't, that it was an accident. I, I love that piece of what we're talking about here because I would have never gotten that. The other thing that I, I think that really gives perspective to this episode, in particular the smoking piece of this episode, mm. is that you are a, I'll call you a recently stopped smoker because it's been like, what, a year? Just, no, just under five. Oh, just under five years. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Good. I'm really, really glad that you stopped. Mm. Uh, I've never, so am I. <laughs> I've never been a smoker. Both of my parents were thick smokers mm. until probably my late 20s. Mm. Okay. And I'm really glad that they both stopped. Both of them eventually secured a place in battles with cancer because of their smoking. Obviously, both of their lives were shortened because of smoking. I'm I'm, Mm. I'm totally lucky in that I had both of my parents as long as I did. What's really funny watching this episode is how terribly uncommonplace it is now to be inside a structure and watch somebody light anything. Light right up, yeah. Whether it's a, a cigarette, a, a, a pipe, a, even the uh, the electronic pipes and cigarettes and stuff that they the have vape, now. The vaping things, yeah. yeah. E- even those things are, are strange inside a structure. And so watching that happen inside of this episode five or six different times yeah. is really, really strange. It, 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 well, it just takes you back to a different time. It really does. Again, yeah. It, it yeah. really does. And uh, again, all of that is sprinkled inside of... All of this huge character development that also weaves its way back to Uncle Louie, which, again, is a giant prop for the Yeah, you find out that Ryan's father admired Louis, and actually his whole ambition is, I want to be like my Uncle Louis. 
during the episode, Ryan drops the bombshell mm -hmm. on his dad about, hey, guess what? Uh, Uncle Lewis made his fortune by selling his soul to the devil yeah. and having all these cursed items. That's, this is what my life is about. I'm fixing his mistake. Yeah. So, you know, stop idolizing a guy because he was acting. I mean, he was a, a POS. Yeah. And we'll talk more about the father's acting. What is his name, Nick? Michael Constantine. Yeah, we'll talk more about his actual acting inside the episode. What I really enjoyed was the against the grain cut of if, you know, if I just casually walked up to somebody that I knew, in particular my father, and I go, hey, how's it going, Dad? Yeah, I hunt cursed antique items. <laughs> you know, that really sounds stupid. And that we're not given the platform of anything stupid inside of the episode when that's said. I really appreciate that. Yeah. The item, it removes a life. This is very interesting, too. And the mechanics, I think the mechanics of the items are something that I think could be a really great, robust series of blog posts mm -hmm. that could foster even another tentacle of what we do Some as are great, and some miss the mark terribly. Yeah, and I think that they miss the mark probably because they don't get either any dialogue or you have to kind of guess what's happening or you have to infer because of what you actually see. Right. You know, what, what is the deal? And well, if every episode started off with, okay, so we're looking for this item and it does this, well, I'm really going to get boring real oh, quick. Yeah. Well, that so, it also becomes formulaic. Yeah. And one of the, I have to give credit to this show that even now, 24 episodes in on the first season, while there are pieces parts that work inside of episodes that you can say checkbox yes, mm -hmm. what never happens is, okay, it's time to have minute 17 of a 43-minute episode and go and right, checkbox. Yeah. And we don't have that. No, no. It's one of the things that I always rail on it because it's easy and it happens so often. But it's what I always take away from Star Trek Voyager, mm. where you would get to minute 41 of every single episode, and usually without question, there is either a tech fix, a storytelling moment, or something else inside of the episode that instantly makes it so that in three and a half minutes, we're all good. Right. And I hate me some of that. I really do. Because I realize that it's 43 minutes that you have to build in an episode. I get it. But what I don't ever want to recognize is that either before or after a commercial break happens, okay, well, when we come back from commercial break, it's time to begin inserting the solution. Yeah. I don't dig that at all. Storytelling, in particular televised storytelling, needs to be something way more than that. And when they can't do it with so much storytelling available... That always drives me crazy. And we didn't get that inside this episode. No, I, didn't, I think it, it, it does fall into the fact that the item, the cursed item, was very simple. Yeah, I agree. It, it's you, I agree. You, you light it up, and it's it's basically who's... And sick who's, balls. Yeah. It's, That's it. It's you you yeah. are after a specific target. It's yeah. right there in front of you. Boom. Done. The special effects. We talk regularly about how effects are used inside of this program. The vast majority of them, especially the ones that are practical effects, I think are almost always well done. Yes. There are, Would have to agree, yeah. There are a smattering of what the hell happened. <laughs> but as every show does have, there, yeah. there's always going to be someone missed their game day. But that's not this episode. The smoke effects in particular, I think, are very, very appropriate inside this. Mm -hmm. There's never a time where I wonder, okay, so they were just able to somehow capture the smoky effects and it doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. They all were intentioned looking. Yeah. And I love that, especially with the smoky stuff. The 
reason I call it smoky mashed potatoy death is because <laughs> the people that are dying eventually of not fire death. It's not, but it's supposed to be. I yeah. mean, it's like they're on fire, but they're not on fire. Right. Yeah. It looks like they're peppered with garlic mashed potatoes. It's supposed to be the bubbling of the skin. Yeah. And, and see, this is why this is where the practical makeup effects and then the digital effects of coloring the smoke effect on them works hand in hand. Yeah. If you took away the orange from that smoke, you would see the ridiculousness yeah. of just the the bumpy garlic skin. mashed potatoes. Right, right, right. The garlic mashed potatoes. Yeah. But the fact that we hide it, or not hide it, but we mask it. Yeah. With it's a veil. the yeah, a veil, for sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, with the orange tint of the smoke. It was, ooh, what what am I seeing? Oh, are they is it bubbling? Oh my yeah. god, what is that? Yeah. yeah. It helps facilitate the illusion of somebody burning without there being any fire whatsoever. Yeah, I'm also terribly appreciative that they chose just like a stark orange. It's mm -hmm. very strange yeah. looking. You, you know, you think if you go and look, especially a, f a fire at night, one of the biggest colors you'll see is orange. Mm -hmm. But when you see orange represented here, especially on traditionally lighter, stark backgrounds, it, it works perfectly yeah. in that it's something alien looking. It does not look like fire at all. Right. It, it does look like smoke, there's no question, but it's kind of a dancey, darting smoke. Mm -hmm. And I, I really liked what we saw there. I thought it was really effective. That's when we ask you guys, what did you think was good inside this episode? There's a lot that we didn't touch on. Traditionally, we only hit three things. But those are the three big things we found. What did you find that was good inside this episode? Let us know by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere to contact us. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think. In every episode of Friday the 13th, the series, yes, we talk about the goods, but we also have to talk about the not-so-goods. Uneven acting from Pops. Earlier, we talked about Michael Constantine playing Ryan's father in this episode. And most people may know the actor from his work in the My Big Fat Greek Wedding films. Uh, I know him from a, a more of a horror slant. He was the, the the head gypsy of the traveling band of gypsies in the film adaptation of Stephen King's Thinner. Mm -hmm. Great performance from him in that. This episode, it, it, it's really weird, you know, because we've talked about some of the bigger name actors who, who, who have made appearances in this show, and sometimes we get knock it right out of the park, but then we get the ones that it seems like, all right, so I need to pay the rent this month. I guess I'm going to do an episode of Friday the 13th. <laughs> and it's almost phoned in because the, and, and we talked about the scene earlier when Pops first lights the pipe for the very first time. So he does not know that, you know, evil orange smoke is going to come out and create mashed potato -y death. There's no real shock on the guy's face while this dude is burning and writhing inside the orange smoke. And I'm sorry, if all of a sudden, orange smoke came out of my pipe, went to the dude across... Like, if I'm lighting a pipe right now, Mike, and the evil orange smoke goes to you, and you start writhing in pain, I'm going to be a little shocked. <laughs> I'm going to have an expression of, what is this now? Instead of the just the look of, okay, I guess I got to look over there. 
There was no shock. It seemed like the actor only had two, two gears, angry or sullen. There was no other emotions conveyed during his performance in this episode. And it really threw me for a loop because you got, you have to, for a show like this, where you're reacting to the supernatural, your reaction to said supernatural event is what sells the supernatural event. Yeah. I, and I, if you can't sell it, your audience isn't going to buy it. Yeah. I think a piece of, um, I think I'm more playing devil's advocate than disagreeing with you. Mm. The, the gist is this, is that I think not having ever been impacted by a cursed object myself, <laughs> that happens to me every other week. <laughs> I think the bottom line is that we can all look at pieces of our lives where we have had an, either an upswing or a downswing in either how we're acting or saying something or maybe even have been inappropriate at doing something mm -hmm. that you were going to do or wanted to do and just didn't do it right because it didn't work out and you didn't react appropriately. Right. Now, if you throw in the fact that you have a cursed item that's involved in play, you know, I, I think that's where I can go. And so you can be a little bit scatter acting and, and, it, and it works because there's that. What I can tell you, especially my, my dad and my bonus mom have a duplex that's not too different looking than what the one inside this show is. Mm -hmm. They at one time lived upstairs, then they bought the house, and they lived downstairs for the rest of my dad's life. Mm. And my stepbrother now lives upstairs above my bonus mom. And what I can tell you without question is that if there was a conversation ever had that was as animated as what he had... That conversation will be heard in every single room of every single area inside right. that house, even the basement. Yeah. Because the sound just carries in a home like that. Again, he does he does angry very well. Yeah. And so you, I, I totally agree with you there. But the, the scatterness, the scattered acting of what we're seeing, I think can be appropriate because of that. Otherwise, it was all over the place. There's mm -hmm. no question. There are touching little scenes where the father has really touching moments with Ryan. They're very few and far between, but they are they are absolutely represented. I also like that what we get at the end is what I would think if I, as a father, needed to step in and intervene on my sick balls, mashed potato-y death gas mm. to protect my child. This is very much what it would look like. Well, right, right. And so I... I'm 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 with you. I'm with you that it was all over the place. I just think that it might have been warranted. Mickey and her ability to redirect enough smoky mashed potato death smoke. <laughs> I can't believe I wrote that. I can't believe you were able to say it and have no 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 intervention problems at all. That's awesome. Yeah, we, you rock. We are professionals here, Mike. You rock. One of the <laughs> one of the things that drove Mike Wilkerson brain crazy in this, and I I know it's peril. I know that she didn't get quite enough of big big enough waft of smoky mashed potato death smoke. Okay. I get it. Plus it takes a little while too. You know, you gotta you gotta go through the process of <laughs> Being enveloped gotta, in the you smoke. You got to stir the taters. And you, yeah, that's right. You right. got to put in the seasonings. You got to put in that and garlic, you got the death. garlic into the mashed potatoes. <laughs> See, for me, it, it didn't bother me because I, uh, this goes to show that our characters aren't stupid. Yeah. 
Mickey starts looking for, she knows she's, she's backed herself into a corner. She knows what she's done. So she's trying to find something yeah. that'll block the, the, the cracks and uh, po- she MacGyvers it ab- very well. Absolutely. You and I are on the same page there. I'm like, damn, that's really, really smart that she, she not only has the, the frame of mind, but where for all to go, Hey, look tape that I could put on mm. the seals of this door so as to not die from smoky mashed potato death. Right, awesome. Right. Great. That's great that she gets that. But pause button, some gets through, but then Ryan gets in the middle and then the smoky the smokiness chooses, oh hey, this must be the body that I want. Okay, so the Metachlorians begin interacting <laughs> with whatever's going on with Ryan and he's spinning around doing the oh no, I'm going to die from smoky mashed potato death. And then the father push, literally pushes Ryan out of the way and jumps into the, the fog of smoky, mashed potato death war right. and takes on the death role. Well, it's the ambiguousness, if that's even a word. Ambiguousness? Sure. Let's, let's go for it. I've been, It'll be the new vocabulary word we focus on. It's the ambiguousness of the smoke because it's not like... Pops is going like, okay, I'm lighting this, and it's yeah, and uh, evil balls. forehead man. Go and get him. <laughs> yeah. It's who's ever in front of the smoke. Yeah. And I feel yeah. that since it was just a little bit in, in the room with Mickey, when Ryan comes in, it's like, oh, okay, here's a body. I'm, I'm going to focus on that. Yeah. Because then the fact that Pops knocks Ryan yeah. out of the smoke and takes his place, it's all it wants is a life. Yeah. Doesn't care what life it takes. But it's got to take a life. Yeah, and, and it was listed inside the goods, and we talked about it. But removes a life is the key that you have to remember yes. to make all of it work, so that when you do have smoky garlic mashed potato death, that it all makes some sense. Mm. The elixir of Jack Marshak. And we debated about this one because this is this is on this is an on the fence. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Storytelling wise, we find out early on in the episode Jack's sleepy, so you know he's he's <laughs> in way, he's in Jack, bed. <laughs> Jack had Salmonex last night. He's not going to choose to participate in the first act of this adventure. That's right. No, he's he's, he's not going to be here for the second act. But guess sheep. what? Yeah, but guess what? We're going to insert him for peril in the third act. Awesome. Well, and we we insert him with a phone call. And then after the commercial break, we are delighted, <laughs> it, it, for me, delighted. Yes, me too. Because I Jack. thought we were just going to have the, hey, Jack, it's so good to talk to you on the phone where the viewers can't see you. Right. Like I, the, next, for... the next day would be Mickey saying, well, I talked to Jack, yeah. and this is what Jack said. Yeah. Jack said this incredibly important stuff. That Specifically I'm so because Jack him. has also been absent from the last two episodes yes. as yes. well. So it was nice yeah. to see Jack come back and be a part of the action. Yeah, but I'm not going to let that color my, my, my incredibly... <laughs> Valid viewpoint here. <laughs> On the other hand is, did we actually need Jack to show up in the last 10 minutes of this episode for anything? I mean, all, all it does is kind of just create another character to be placed in peril. Right. Oh, and I, I have to wonder, okay, so if you take Jack out, who is the person that's going to get behind the target? Because it can't be Ryan, because Ryan finds Ryan. That doesn't work. Nobody it would be, be put mi- behind it. Nobody would be. There, there's no peril of somebody getting blown up by that gun. Yeah. You, that that's totally taken out of the entire story. Yeah, and if you've got the budget and the effects to blow cardboard cutout army men up, I guess you're going to use it. <laughs> so you got to have somebody behind that fake army guy, and I guess Jack Marshak is yeah. your man. Yeah, uh, and so I, I what I don't want to see, and again I, I I remember some of this because my dad was a big Meerschaum pipe smoker. That's mm. why I remember this 
I remember that there was an episode with a pipe in it. Yeah. I don't I didn't remember all the beats that follow inside this episode, but I didn't remember that there was one. Mm. And what I don't want to have happen in the future episodes though is this. I don't want to only see Jack because, well, we need a third body and the other two are come for inside of something else storytelling, so yeah. we've got to have them. Well, we had I don't very, ever want to see that. Well, we had a similar situation with uh, the Quilt of Hathor, The Awakening, the second half mm. of our two-parter mm. for this yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, Jack and Mickey, halfway through the episode, you know, they're stuck on the side of the road in the rolls and they don't even show up until the last 10 minutes. And they, they literally affect nothing, nothing. except for taking the quilt and Ryan back to the city. Yeah. And we don't, you don't need that. I yeah. mean, if they serve no purpose, don't put them in there. Yeah. And I, again, I want there to be way more credibility and credence that's mm. given to Jack's character. And I, I thought that it was dashed a bit with the sprinkling of the Jack elixir inside the yeah. last end of the episode. It might be in the bads, but it's always good to yeah. have Jack Marshak around. Those are our thoughts about the not-so-goods, but we want to know what you thought could have used a little bit of polish in this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Reach out to us over at our website, that's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Hit the contact button, fill out the web form, and tell us what you thought. Sprinting towards the midsection of our episode, it's time to take a break during the Curious Goods podcast. I would never be able to sprint if I hadn't stopped smoking. Shut up and run. (laughs) Run, Nick, run. We'll be right back. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Corps. Editing podcasts can be rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. What's your favorite kind of car? What color is it? Did it murder people? Don't miss the Two Guys Talking Cars perspective review of 1983's Christine, an original story by Stephen King adapted by John Carpenter. The roar of a V8. Running teenagers. Blood red asphalt. Only from twoguystalkingcars.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost effective on hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com.
everyone. Welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 1, Episode 24, Pipe Dream. Every time we come back from break, it's time for the Manifest Moment. A manifest moment is where Nick and I recognize either a storytelling beat, an actor's portrayal, or something else inside the episode that tripped our collective night. Fantastic. Nick, what do you got? My manifest moment has to be juicy character development. Mm. I loved how we built more on top of Ryan's character in this episode. We have learned... In the past about his dead brother. But other than that, we never really learned much about Ryan's home life until now. We mm-hmm. get, I mean, a double barrel shotgun of, holy crap, yeah. this is what you had to deal with. Yeah, with a funnel. And the Love it. And on top of that, we learned that it's because of the death of his brother that caused his father to kind of start wandering always looking for that bigger, better deal and dragging his wife and Ryan to town, to town, never really settling down, never finding roots anywhere, which led Ryan to become the kind of opposite wanderer. It's like, I I don't want to conform. I'm, I'm going to wander too, even though that's not what Ryan wanted to do. And that's not what his father wanted him to do. I'm very interested in the dynamics between parents and children because you even talked about it in the intro Mm -hmm. Uh, it it was basically the sins of the father are passed on to the sins of the the son Mm -hmm. and and vice versa sometimes and this in this episode was just thick with i feel like i know ryan dalian a hell of a lot more now and i appreciate the person that he's become from episode one he's different he is not the same Ryan yeah, that we met in episode mm-hmm. one of this show. Yeah. And I love seeing that with these characters. And as long as that keeps on happening, I'm going to be a happy camper. Yeah. And that is my manifest moment. I think that that's a great one. Mine is much more shallow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and inside of one of our previous episodes, I've forgotten which because I don't want to remember it, we, we had talked about the smacking factor of stunt people. Oh, yes. And inside this episode... There is a a double hauling off on Mickey and or Mickey's stunt actress. You are remembering the flat out punching of the prostitute in the episode (laughs) Badge of Honor. Yes, that's right. We get a double dose of that because Ryan's dad cold cocks Mickey twice, dude. And I'm talking like wow. The the the, the, uh, applied sound effect is even more delicious than the actual hits. And before we get the misogynistic, yes, we're, Mike we're not promoting women, violence yeah, towards women. That, that's not what we're talking at about at all. Here. What we're talking about is an incredibly satiating payoff factor of a dude beating on a lady because wow, look at it, there it is, right? And the it, fact that it looked so realistic that yeah. we actually both went, "Holy crap!" <laughs> yeah. Well, and that we, I'm including as my manifest moment. It's, yeah. it's terribly impactful. It's something that we don't typically see very often. You're gonna. You'll get a smack or you'll see just this super stupid cowboy punch mm. that that then has a just a, a a smack that's added to it. Right, and that's not what we get here. It's this def, it's this defiant thud, 
and 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 the way that the stunt actress falls both times yeah the the impact that that she portrays is super impactful well it shows also shows the severity of ryan's father how serious he yeah. is about I, I, you're going to ruin all my plans i i must get this bike yeah, back his, the, any the, way possible yeah, yeah and again to go back to something that we talked about in detail his his literal sorrowful moment mm. Where he realizes that he now has to kill Mickey. Hey, sorry. Sorry I have to do this, but, you know, <laughs> I, I've got to do this. The way the garlic mashed potato smoke smoked falls. So sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's my manifest moment. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment inside this episode? Season 1, episode 24. Pipe Dream. Let us know by going over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click on the contact button. Fill out the web form. Tell us what you think. Ah, vocabulary for the Curious Goods podcast. Always a ton of fun, especially inside this episode. Our first vocabulary word is... Munitions. Anyone that knows me will recognize my love of firearms, ammunition, guns, and all things that go explodey, in particular from one's hand. And inside this episode, we are given... A grand demonstration oh, yeah. of things that may have seemed very futuristic back then, but now are not so futuristic no, yeah. <laughs> and pretty commonplace. The future is now, Mike. Yeah, pointing lasers at things and watching things either get holes in them after they have holes or having rail munitions, which was, I don't even think that that was dreamed about by the layperson back back in the 1980s. Mm. Knowing that that kind of technology and that destructive ability not only exists but is being implemented is not only, um, I think, a good horrifying moment, but it's also something that allows all of us to realize that if you can think about it, there's something even more devastating that probably exists. Yeah. And that made me think of the word munition. Munition, according to our friends over at Visual Thesaurus, is weapons considered collectively or military supplies, or a defensive structure consisting of walls or mounds built around a stronghold to strengthen it. Uh, as a verb, it's also used as to either supply with weapons or supply with arms. Mm. And again, the, uh, the, there's so much that's showcased inside of this episode really very quickly that is very, very effective. The yeah. exploding of the paper slash wooden targets in this, I thought was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, back then, pointing a laser was probably a bigger deal than most people would think. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, we can walk out to a Walmart for three and a half bucks. We can have a laser pointer in our hand. <laughs> yeah. Back in 1989... That was not the case. No. I, don't, I, I don't know what efforts had to go into actually having a laser pointed at these targets, but it was not something as simple as what we could do now. What we'll also include inside of this, our friend Tommy Model, the south side of Chicago serving cop, he actually had a recent review of a holster that will accommodate, if you choose to have a laser sight on your gun, it oh, will wow, actually okay. accommodate that too. Hmm. We'll add a link over that inside the show notes. And for those of you that have as much destructive energy and interest as I do, <laughs> then you can go and dig in deeper if you'd like. If you don't, too bad for you. Our second word inside the vocabulary section of this episode is... Ambition. Ah, ambition. While it is a trait that I will say I absolutely inherited from both my mom and my dad, my dad's case was 
not unlike everything that happens inside this episode. Mm. The difference is, of course, he never ended up with a cursed orange smoke producing, then producing a garlic mashed potatoey smoky death pipe. Obviously, probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, he did like uh, and had a whole bunch of meerschaum pipes. Mm-hmm. His drive to move and find and go was the precipitous for me spending many, many years in many, many different places where. We were typically either in an apartment or a rented home for a very yeah. short period of time, and then we moved. Mm. So I totally get that piece of what's being said by Ryan inside of this episode that really did hit home. Uh, the other piece of ambition is my mom, who I don't think there was ever a time, including leading up to her death, where she wanted to write kick-ass books about a character with my daughter's name in it. There wasn't ever a time that my mom didn't have a, a, a giant gargoyle of ambition on her shoulders to do and want something. So I know I got, I got that from both of them. Ambition. Thanks again to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, is listed as a cherished desire or a strong drive for success. It's also listed as a verb as have as one's ambition or feel or have a desire or want strongly. It's a great word. It's one that I know a lot of people don't often have, And I hope that our podcast and our efforts help you find your own ambition. That's what we ask you guys. What did you find that was worthy of focusing on a piece of vocabulary inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. Again, that's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click where it says Contact. Find the web form. Somehow fill out the web form and then guide it to us with your laser-guided system. Ah, the rating for this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, season one, episode 24. Pipe dream. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Perfectly, just a tiny bit so that Nick doesn't hate them. Lumpy, garlic, mashed potato-y awesome. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. That quick, instant crap that you get that has not only no taste, but no lumps at all. Everything starts as a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? It's strange because I I have actually changed my rating several times during uh, this capture of this wow. episode. Well, it's, good. it's gone back and forth. Good. Uh, That's the chemistry set of podcasting, my friend. Yeah, yeah. It's... It's one of those situations to where I could, if I wanted to, if I really wanted to be Nick picky, I could hold all of the all of the superficial f- faults of this episode up against the wall and, and make it have an impact on my decision on on my rating. Or I could just take it for what it is. And I actually have decided. Are now, you going to decide this week? Now in the now in the thirteenth hour, <laughs> now where where there's there's no more time, I can't stall any longer. I have to give it a ten. Simply be and and yes, I know that there we we talked about three dings that happened in this in this episode, but they did not necessarily derail the storytelling or the enjoyment of watching the episode. So ten ten. 
I think a 10 is a great score for this episode, mostly because, again, if we start with 7 as an average, sure, you can have the dings that chop it down a couple notches, but then all the positives are on this side of the episode, really, from start to finish. And you sprinkle in that giant, chunky chestnut of character development for Ryan. Mm -hmm. This is a great episode. This is also one of the episodes that were someone to ask me, what's that show about? And I had to show them one episode that would give them a taste of the show. Mm-hmm. This would be that episode. Yeah, yeah. This would be that episode. This gives you not only that allure of the flavor of what's happening with the character development inside the series, but also a very straightforward, the cursed item does this, watch it happen across multiple instances, and enjoy the drama at the end. Yeah. That is, it, it is what you get from this episode oh, yeah. without yep. question. So I, too... Give this episode a 10. Now it's time to know what you think. What did you rate this episode? Season 1, episode 24, Pipe Dream. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click to contact us, fill out the web form, and tell us what you think. Everyone, thanks for listening to this episode oh, of yes. the Curious Goods Podcast. I'm Mike Wilkins. Excuse me, gentlemen. Uh, I am a conduit. Whoa, hey, what? How'd you get into the studio? Never mind that. Uh, I was just wondering if I could have a few minutes of your time. No, there's no smoke to, in here. To, uh, hold on just a second. Stop it. I was just wondering if perhaps we can... Oh, no, no. <coughs> <coughs> hey, hey, wait a minute, man. <coughs> hey, there's no smoking in the studio. Huh, <coughs> 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 ah, now I will be the master podcaster. <coughs> 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. Pops returns to his office and locks away the Ferengi pipe of smoky mashed potato death. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get that in there somewhere. Uh.